Hi, this is Dwayne Hickman, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another episode of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 109, and as usual, we will bring you information on the latest TV and movie DVD releases, information on remakes, sequels, and upcoming movies, and our interview segment, which this week features Dobie Gillis himself. That's right, Dwayne Hickman starred in that show, The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, on TV back in the early 60s, 50s, that time era. And uh, he joins us this week to look back at the show and what he's been up to. And we also want to uh, have you check out our latest contest we have going on at On Screen and Beyond. You can check it out at onscreenandbeyond.com and get all the information. But in a little nutshell here, you got a chance to win either a horror double feature or an action double feature uh, DVD. And uh, we've teamed up with Magnolia Home Entertainment to bring you these uh, DVDs. And uh, those are coming out on May 4th. And that's when our contest ends also. And you can get all the information, like I said, at onscreenandbeyond.com. Check it out. The contest ends, like I said, May 4th, 2010. Just send, uh, it's very simple, just send us an email to contest at onscreenandbeyond.com. And in the subject, you might want to put if you're looking for the horror or for the action. And you can do for both, but you have to do a separate email for each one, okay? So it's because we're going to have a drawing. Uh, it's simple as that. Just going to draw our name, and that's going to be the winner. So uh, if you'd like to enter that contest, just send it to us, uh, an email at contest at onscreenandbeyond.com. But you've got to hurry because time is running out. And the, the Dwayne Hickman, Dobie Gillis interview is coming up in a few minutes. Right now, let's check out remakes right here on Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Well, Remake Madness, it looks like the Coen brothers have written a script to remake the 1960s Michael Caine, Shirley MacLaine film called Gambit. And there's no word yet on uh, when we can expect that release, but we'll keep you informed. And the 1985 film Commando, which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger, is headed down the remake path. And let's see, one more thing here. There are several remakes of The Wizard of Oz that are in the works. Uh, seems like everybody's going to be making one. But um, an animated version called Dorothy of Oz is moving along quickly, actually. And uh, it, it includes in the cast Kelsey Grammer as the Tin Man, Dan Aykroyd as the Scarecrow, and it also includes Martin Short and Jim Belushi in the cast. So that sounds like a like a good animated film. And uh, coming up next, it's time for upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. As far as upcoming movies, Steven Spielberg and J.J. Abrams are teaming up in a currently super-secret sci-fi project together. 
And we'll keep you updated as soon as we learn more about that. But that's something to keep your eye out for. And Diane Lane and John uh, Malkovich will star in Secretariat. It's a story about the 1973 Triple Crown winning horse. And you can look for it to arrive in theaters on October 8th of this year. And Kevin James, who made Paul Blart Mall Cop uh, such a hit, will star in Zookeeper. And you can look for that to be released in July of 2011. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next, Sequel City, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, as far as sequels, District 9 will be getting a sequel or a prequel. Uh, we're not sure which way it's going to go, but the filming is expected to start in 2012. And 2008's uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth may be getting a sequel. It's aiming for a 2011 release with uh, uh, no word yet who will be in the cast or if Brandon Fraser is going to be coming back. So we'll keep you informed on that one, too. And it looks like Clash of the Titans is going to be getting Clash of the Titans, too. And... Uh, is uh you know of course every movie that makes money i guess is uh, gonna get a sequel nowadays so that's uh, something to look forward to all right that's about it coming up next on on screen and beyond tv on dvd TV on DVD, well, there's no release date yet, but pre-orders are being taken from online retailers for The Twilight Zone Season 1 on Blu-ray. And we'll let you know when it's officially going to be released as soon as we hear that. And Max Headroom, the complete series, is coming out on August 10th. And it's a five-disc set, so you might want to check that one out. And Murder, She Wrote Season 12 is coming to DVD. And it has no release date yet on that one either. But, um, you know, that's another one you can pre-order, that they're letting you pre-order it. So that means it's, you know, not too far away. So you can check those out. Also, check out our interview uh, with, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did an interview with Ron Masak. And he, of course, was the sheriff on Murder, She Wrote. So you can check that one out on On Screen and Beyond. Just check it out in our past uh, reruns at onscreenandbeyond.com. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, movies on DVD. And movies on DVD, The Crazies, the remake of 1973 George Romero film, comes to DVD on June 29th. And on July 6th, you can look for A Single Man as it arrives on DVD, and it stars Colin Firth and Juliana Moore. And Robert Pattinson's Remember Me hits DVD in stores on June 22nd. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have our interview with Dwayne Hickman, none other than Dobie Gillis, the man who was on the star of The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an accomplished artist, director, and actor, and for years he played the role of Dobie Gillis on the classic TV show The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. It's Dwayne Hickman. Dwayne, it is a pleasure to have you on On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure to be on the show. It, um, being able to talk to you uh, is a thrill for me because I've always enjoyed your 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 acting. And, well, now and you probably were a little kid when I did a lot of it. I was, and actually I can remember... Sneaking downstairs at night, and I can't remember what time your show was on. But Adobe? Yes. <laughs> well, Adobe was on at 8.30. 8.30, okay. 8.30 on Tuesday. Now, how old were you that you were 
sneaking down at 8.30. You must have been a baby. I, I was, well, I was fairly young at that time. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I can remember going, and I can always remember seeing you, you by the statue with your, you know, with your hand, uh, your, chin, your chin and your oh, fist. In the thinker position. <laughs> yes. With my uh, elbow on my left knee and my hand under my chin. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I'd say, hi, I'm Dobie Gillis. Yeah. And, and one thing that struck me with that show is it you actually talked to the camera at the beginning. Yes. Yes. It had not been done that often. Right. Uh, George Burns did it on Burns and Allen. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Uh, maybe a few people here and there, but not anyone that really made it with it, you know, and that became known for it. Right, yeah. It was, it was a different type of thing that uh, you didn't usually see because, you know, TV was a medium, you know, where you watched it and you enjoyed it, but you were actually, you felt like you were talking to us specifically. <laughs> yes, I tried to do it that way. You know, I tried not to do it like a monologue, you mm-hmm. know, like a like a stand-up comedian does monologues. Yep. I tried not to do that. I tried to be very honest and direct and, and simple. And, you know, I this is Dobie Gillis, and I'm, you know, 17 years old. That was my opening line. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for a girl, one lousy girl, you know. <laughs> Someone soft, round, dreamy, creamy, wonderful. <laughs> and the problem is I don't have any money, so I need money to get a girl. And standing between me and money is... A powerful force, and they cut to my father, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Phelan, yeah, Frank Herbert T. Gillis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was it was very honest and direct, and not full of jokes or anything. It kind of set up the show. It was an interesting show in that it was about teenagers from a teenage point of view. Mm-hmm. All the other shows about the shows about kids were about families, right? Father knows best, and Ozzy and Harriet, and all that. Uh, but Dobie was really about kids from the kid point of view. And, and how did you get the part? It, it was, was there any story behind that? Well, uh, sort of. I had done the Bob Cummings show right. for about uh, yes. five years, yeah. from about 53 to 58. And uh, Max Schulman was the creator of Dobie Gillis, and he uh, had seen me and so forth on the Bob Cummings show and thought I would be good, so they called me in to read for it. And I read the script for him and uh, auditioned, and they liked me and offered me the part. But I don't think I ever would have gotten that part if I had not done Cummings. Really? Yeah. yeah. Now, now, did you learn a lot on that show? I mean, because Bob Cummings, is, you know, he was a, a, quite an actor. Well, I was very green, yeah. I learned a great deal from him. He was like a mentor. He taught me everything. And uh, you know, a lot of people say I acted like him, which I probably did because he was telling me how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, kind of imitating him somewhat. But, uh, no, I learned a great deal, and I probably never would have gotten Dobie without Cummings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. And he was. He was a very talented man and a, oh, and yeah. a big star. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for big sure. Big movie star. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I've interviewed a lot of different uh, people from uh, the 60s, uh, TV shows and things like that. And um, your voice, like I've said this to other people, your voice is still the same. <laughs> I can really? as Even you t- now? oh yes as you talk I, I I'm just I can see you you know as as Dobie well, I haven't changed I've gotten older but I haven't changed much you know? yeah, we all have we all. Yes, yes even though you were coming downstairs in your pajamas right yes now um, we're going to jump around a little bit here we're going to jump yes. bef- before you um, got into the acting as far as with Bob Cummings and everything. 
did you want to be an actor? Is that something? No, I was a child actor. My brother, Daryl Hickman, was three years older than I was, and he did a lot of work as a child. Mm-hmm. He was in my first movie. That I was in his first. Well, it wasn't his first. It was my first, and that was uh, Grapes of Wrath when I was about six. That's quite a movie to start with. <laughs> yeah, big movie, and I, I was like an extra. But what happened was he did a lot of movies, and... Uh, my mother needed a sitter, and she didn't always have one, so she started taking me to the studio, and I was like five, six years old, and, you know, I was a little baby, and uh, she dragged me along to the studio, and one day they said, uh, gee, why don't you let us put him in a scene? He can be in the crowd as atmosphere, as an extra or whatever, mm-hmm. and I started working, and I really, you know, it wasn't something I wanted to do. I was so little. Yeah. You didn't, but didn't. Uh, I started doing these movies that she uh, dragged me to the studio with Daryl, who usually had a very good part in the film that I would have almost nothing. So I did that for years. Hmm. Yeah, and I noticed I was looking over your biography of uh, the film's filmography that you've have done, and I never realized it, but I can always remember the movie "The Boy with the Green Hair." That was one of the best things I did early. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about 48, so I was about 13, and uh, Dean Stockwell, Pat O'Brien. It was quite it was, a cast. Oh, yeah, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. And uh, I had a pretty good part. And I did that and then went on to high school uh, and didn't work at all during my high school years. Mm-hmm. Four years of high school. Yeah. And now, when you did get to, uh, to Dobie, um, your hair had to be bleached? Well, or? yeah, my hair was brown. Yeah. It was always brown. Is that something they wanted you to be? Well, they blonde? wanted me not to look like I looked on the Bob Cummings show. Oh, okay. So they said, well, do you mind if we bleach your hair? Mm-hmm. And of course I did, but I figured I better do what they say, you know, because I had gotten the part. Right, yeah. And I was thrilled to have the part. Anyway, so they started bleaching my hair. The problem is uh, it was crew cut like a butch, mm-hmm. and it it's hard to it had to be bleached every week so my scalp all got torn up mm. from having it done so often but anyway that's why in the pilot and the early shows i was blonde right yeah uh and then after that first year i said i can't do this anymore anymore my my hair's falling out and my scalp's all raw from the bleach and Jeez. all that and they said oh everybody will write letters and you've got to do it and i said i won't do it I, I said, I will not do it anymore. And they said, okay, and they said, you, you can go back to your own hair. And, you know, nobody hardly said anything. Really? Except as a trivia question. Right. <laughs> you, you know, really, it, it didn't matter to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it didn't look natural, really. No, it looked dumb. Yeah, it, it, you know, it looked like you were trying to be... Um... You know, more like a beatnik, like like Mater G. Krebs. <laughs> yes, yes, no, it w- was dumb, and, and uh, it wasn't my idea, and I never liked it, but I did it, and uh, they they were fine, because and then everybody forgot about it in the second year, and then pretty soon, uh, by the third and fourth year, it was on four years, mm-hmm, yep. 147 episodes. Jeez. By the end of the thing, nobody ever thought of it again. Right, except yeah. Except as, as a trivia question. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, um, working uh, with Bob Denver, what was that like? Well, I love Bob. Mm-hmm. We were friends at Loyola University, where I went 
for a while. I oh, so you knew each other previously. And, and he went to Loyola, so we knew each other at school. Ah. And he was a good friend, and after I got the part of Dolby, they said, would, would I test with other actors to play Maynard? And I said, sure. And I didn't know about Bob, and I did test with all four, five, six actors. And they were all fine, but at the end of the day, in came Bob. And he says, uh, I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I'm going to test. I said, that, that's great. I didn't know. And uh, we did the scene, and they shot it, and then they said, well, that'll be it, and goodbye. And uh, he left, and I said, well, I hope something happens. So I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks, and I ran into the producer, Rod Amato. Uh, and I said, uh, whatever happened to the guy who was going to play Maynard? He said, you'll never believe it, but it was the last guy, Bob Denver. Hmm. I said, that's terrific, because he's a friend of mine. And uh, he really was. He was a great friend. Yeah. yeah. He was. Uh, he and I really got along really well. I don't think we ever had any disagreements or arguments or fights or anything. Yeah? Huh. Never. Now, on the show, you, you called him good buddy. Yes. No, right. he called me good buddy. Oh, he called you good buddy. Okay. I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Only good buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then they use that phrase with the skipper and Gilligan when he went to uh, Gilligan's Island. I think they stole. That. Prob, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I think they stole that from him, having said that, because uh, it was my little buddy or something, Alan Hale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was a good show. Oh yes, yeah. That was a clever show. Yeah. Very different too, you know. Yeah, a classic that, no doubt. A classic, yeah. All those people trapped on the island. Yeah. It was kind of silly, but I thought it was. Fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought Bob was always fun. I I really liked him. You know, he was very talented, and but he was kind of shy. He was like me, kind of shy and kind of quiet, and uh, we just respected one another and got along great. Hmm. Yeah, and I. Just before I came on, I was watching uh, uh, some clips of, of the old show, and um, I noticed, of course, uh, Warren Beatty was in the show. Yes, Warren did about four or five shows. He played Milton Armitage, the, the quote, rich boy, mm -hmm. which was later played by uh, Steve Franken, uh, Chatsworth Osborne, Jr. So when they replaced Warren Beatty, who, by the way, went on to Splendor in the Grass right. with Natalie Wood. Yeah. So he had the whole big career going and he didn't want to do TV. In hmm. fact, for years he never even talked about Dobie Gillis. Oh, really? No. Yeah. No, he didn't want to be identified with that. Huh. Yeah, cuz the episode I was watching was or or the the clips of the ones I was watching was um uh the you were the top fist. Yeah, uh, top gun or top yeah, fist. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> It was high noon. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of like a, a takeoff of the, the, the old it westerns. It was silly, fun. It was fun. Dobie was a fun show. Oh, know? yeah. Very clever. Yeah. Very clever. The writing was so good. Max Schulman and Rod Amato was the producer-director. did such a good job. So, I mean, and, and the actors. I mean, we had, of course, Warren Beatty was on his way to becoming a really big star. Mm -hmm. But we had Marlo Thomas and Ryan O'Neill and, oh, Bill Bixby. Wow. A whole bunch of actors. Jeez. It really went on to big things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh. You and, know? And, and, and then, of course, later on, um, you had some, uh, some I don't know, you, uh, TV movies, of reunion movies of, of oh, yes. Dobie Gillis? Oh, yeah. I did uh, uh, Bring Me the Head of Dobie Gillis, mm -hmm. which was the reunion of Dobie Gillis. Yeah. Now, was it, was it fun getting back together with everybody again? Yeah. Yeah, it was. 
I wasn't real happy with that movie, however. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the script. I didn't like the concept. I, I was married to Sheila Zelda, mm-hmm. Sheila James, and uh, that that was great because I love Sheila. I still see her and talk to her. She's been in politics. She's an attorney, and mm-hmm. she's been in state politics here in California. Yeah. But um, anyway, so it was nice being married to her in the, in the show, but I think they could have come up with a better storyline. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't happy with that. It's very hard, you know. It's also hard to recapture the elements of the hit series. True, yeah. yeah. But but the thing is, a, a lot of, of, of us that remembered the show uh, just enjoy seeing the people get back together. If it was, yes. a, like yes. you say... Well, the show did well in ratings, you know. People yeah. like it and liked it, like seeing it again. So uh, in that respect, it was it was successful. But uh, it wasn't as, as quite as light and fun. Yeah, the as quality I it would be. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the same. It had kind of a heavy, heavy premise. I know. I noticed that on a lot of uh, reunions, uh, they do that, like with the Brady Bunch and things like that. They've, I don't know why they do that. Yeah, I mean, they're changing it. You know, that's not what it was. <laughs> no, that's right. It, it wasn't that kind of show at all. Yeah. And uh, so they made it a little heavy, and you know, uh, Thalia was played by. Uh, What's her name? I can't think of her name. Uh, was that Tuesday Wells' character? No. The, the Tuesday Wells' character. Anyway, that was a wonderful character. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I don't know. It's just, you, she couldn't do it, and we had to get someone else, and it wasn't quite as good as I had hoped it would be. Yeah. But it, it worked in terms of ratings. Right, and that was what they were looking for, I'm sure, yeah. to begin with. But <laughs> it would have been yeah. nice if it was a little a little better. But <laughs> Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, now, uh, getting back to the Bob Cummings. Connie Stevens, that's who played Oh, Connie, that's right, yes. Connie, Connie Stevens, Stevens yes. played the Thalia part. And Tuesday, well, it was she had made it her part, you know. I mean, it was Tuesday, and she was terrific mm-hmm. in the show. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. It's hard to replace actors that have become known to the public. Oh, yeah, yeah. For a certain kind of role. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Now, getting back to uh, the Bob Cummings show, uh, the people you worked with on that show, now, uh, George Burns was the... Uh, well, George Burns was one of the owners of the Bob yes. Cummings show, and he was a partner with Bob. There were three owners, uh, George and then Paul Henning, who created it, and later did the Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, Hillies, yes. Junction and all that. Yeah. So it was uh, Paul and George Burns and then Cummings was a partner. So we, we had a great opportunity to, to get uh, all the input from George Burns. He would come on the set once a week and watch the run-throughs and give his notes and comment on the show and all that. And it was, I got to know him. He was very funny, very witty, and just charming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned a lot from him, too. Because, yeah. you know, I was just a kid. I mean, I was like... A, about 19. 19, yeah. 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 So so even though a lot of times at 19, you know, teenagers think they know what's best and everything, you still looked at these people with, you know, learning. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, occasionally he'd bring some friend like Jack Benny. Wow. You know, and they'd look at our run-through. They just were kind of nervous. <laughs> you know, Jack Benny and George Burns coming to look at your run-through. Right. But Jeez. they had fun things to say, and they were always nice, you know, always Jack was a very pleasant guy, and 
I love George, and Gracie was very sweet, you know, nice people. And they shot their show a couple stages away uh -huh. on the same lot yeah. with the Cummings, Bob yeah. Cummings show. But I did that show for five years. I did it from 53 to 58. Yeah. And Jeez. then in 58, I did uh, a movie, Rally Around the Flag Boys, mm -hmm. yeah. with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. And I think Tuesday was in that. Yeah, she was. Oh, really? Yeah. And then later in the year, in, in 58, I did the pilot for Dobie and then uh, went on the air in, like, September, October, 59. <clears throat> so it was on 59 to 63, and then was in reruns over and over and over. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I, I remember those, the reruns, more. <laughs> and they've never put it on uh, out in the DVD. Why is that? Do you know? I, I don't know. I think it's the, the rights. They've been fighting for years about who owned it, uh, whether it was Max Schulman and his relatives or 20th Century Fox. And they both, I, I don't know, there was some problem. It wasn't me. It wasn't the actors. Mm -hmm. it was, because I wanted it to come out. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a classic, and, yeah. and, and I'm sure it would sell good. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, I'm, I think it would. Oh, but yeah. uh, for years, I mean, I'm, I'm told that they might be close to bringing it out. But oh. I don't know that to be true. Cause yeah. I've been, I've been talking about it to different people for years. Hmm. Well, I would think that what they if they did have it come out, that they would have you do some... Uh, some interviews or voiceovers or I something. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. But, uh, and they probably will if they ever get around to it. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, the longer they wait, the less audience there is for it. You know? True. Yeah. 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 That's true of all these shows. Because, you know, it's been 50 years. 50 years. Wow. 59. It was, last year it was 50 years. Jeez. Uh -huh. so, uh, so hopefully one of these days. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it would be days. nice. Now, uh, after that, you also uh, started doing movies, and and I, growing up, I loved the the beach movies. And well, I loved them too. They were fun to make. Yes, the, the best thing I did was uh, the Cat Baloo picture. Cat Baloo. I, I thought that was terrific with uh, Lee Marvin mm -hmm. and Jane Fonda. I thought she was just lovely, you know, wonderful actress. And of course, Lee Marvin was wild and funny and crazy. Now, was he as crazy as he seemed? From... Every bit, really. <laughs> Every bit as crazy as he seemed on screen. Yes. Huh. Lee was just. In fact, I was one of those guys that set him straight lines. I'd say, Lee, what do you think of that? Or, Lee, tell me about what happened. You know, with that scene. And then he'd do his number, and he was really funny. Yeah, wild and crazy guy. Yeah, I mean, he played that character of a, of the drunken yeah. cowboy. Kid, you know, it's Kid like Chalene. yeah, <laughs> he really <laughs> seemed he to was really good. Yeah, huh. I mean, he he was terrific, and well, he got an Academy Award, which is a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah, for a comedy, you know. Yeah, usually that they they shy away from comedies for some reason. Yeah, well, they don't seem as important, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, usually comedies don't win. Do you think it's harder to do comedy than drama? I think comedy's harder, yeah. I think it's harder to make a good comedy picture, and I think it's harder to give a good comedy performance. And I think that uh, drama is straight, straighter, and easier in many ways, yeah. I think. Hmm. Once you get into the character and, then, and the situation in a drama it plays itself pretty well but to be funny is is calls on you to come up with other things you know yeah. what i mean 
So I think, yeah, I think comedy's a lot tougher. And that's why probably they don't win many awards, comedies. Yeah. Usually they go with the heavy drama, you know, because they're more appealing and it seems like it's more serious, more important. Yeah. It seems more important. That's yeah. Probably it. yeah. But, and some of the other films you did, uh, like Ski Party with uh, no, I did, you know, I did Frankie? The first, the first one I did was Ski Party. Then I did How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. Great film. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, then I did uh, Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Yes. With Frankie Avalon. Yeah. They, they were all, Frankie was in all of them, I think. But uh, it was fun. It, they, they, they were fun movies. They were quick and cheap. They took about three weeks to shoot. That's what I was going to ask you. How long were the shoots on about those? three weeks. <laughs> that's, and, that's pretty uh, quick. They, they treated you well and... The scenes were fun to play, and they were light. And they were like ski party. We went to Sun Valley, Idaho, mm-hmm. and lived in the lodge and all that. And it was really nice. It was hard work on the slopes. Now you're a skier, right? So you know, and I couldn't ski at all. Oh, really? They had some guy doubling me. Yeah. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> did except they? in the close shot. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I but I enjoyed. I enjoyed the the, the snow. The locale, I always liked Frankie, he and I got along very well, and he was fun to work with, and then all those pretty girls in bikinis. <laughs> it was fun, it was fun, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know that it helped my career a lot. R- R- yeah, but I mean, they're movies, you know something, those are movies people will always remember. Yeah, you know, yeah. they were fun movies, and, and sometimes you'll see them pop up on, you know, the movie channels that, that are on TV, and... They're just fun to sit down and, and yeah. just let you know let everything go away and just. Well, it's like how to stuff a wild bikini. That was fun. Yeah. That was me and uh, uh, Annette, Mickey Rooney. Annette oh, Mickey was, was in that. She was lovely. She's just dear. She's been very ill, I think. Who's that? Uh, Annette from. The oh Jones. yes, yeah. She's been sick. Yeah. But she was lovely and very nice, and of course Rooney was funny and all over the place. And, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. I enjoyed it. Hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And um, now, uh, after you went into uh, uh, being behind the scenes more than in front of the scenes. Well, I got tired of it. You know, I thought, well, why don't I learn producing and so forth? And uh, first, I moved uh, to Las Vegas in 1970. I was offered a position with the Hughes Tool Company, uh, Howard Hughes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, booking entertainment for the Landmark Hotel. Yeah. And I thought that was really a different, exciting thing in kind of a producer's situation. And I booked it. In fact, I introduced uh, country western talent to the, uh, the Vegas Strip. Huh. And uh, I brought in uh, Waylon Jennings and uh, Tommy Cash, brother of Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. and all those kinds of people. Yeah. Willie did you get Nelson. to meet uh, Howard Hughes? Never. Never no. did. 
Hardly anybody ever got to meet him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was really reclusive. Huh. But uh, it was fun. I did it for about a year, and then I I got tired of it, and I got tired of Las Vegas, and because uh, I'm not really a Vegas type, and I don't gamble or anything, so I, I just uh, I, I did some advertising work for a short time, and then came back here and started uh, acting again, and uh, I thought, well, maybe I was trying in the wrong place in Vegas, so I went to CBS and I said. Uh, and this was right before I did uh, Bringing the Head of Dobie Gillis. I said, uh, or, or, or there was another, there was a half hour, Whatever Happened to Dobie Gillis. Mm-hmm. I forget the title, but about 1976 or 7, there was this half hour I did. And it was kind of fun with Bob Denver. We were all in it. And uh, Jimmy Comack produced it. Okay, he was the one who did Welcome, Welcome Back Hotter, yeah. Yes. And Comac produced it, and it was it was okay, but it didn't sell. So I said, I'll only do the show if you give me the position at CBS in programming uh, as a producer, in-house producer. So they said, sure. So I did the pilot, and it didn't go on the air. So then I did uh, uh, I did take the job at CBS, and I really enjoyed that too for a long time. I, I was there ten years. Wow. I worked on shows like Mash and Good Times, All in the Family. And, Designing Women, which I later went and directed. Yeah, more and more. And I was going to mention that. Th- those are all classics, too. But uh, yeah. you did do, you directed quite a few uh, very popular TV shows. Yes. Yes, when I left, C- I left CBS in 87 and did the, the movie of the week, Bring Me the Head of Dobie Gillis. And then uh, I wanted to direct, which I did. I directed a whole bunch of different shows. But uh, probably the best was uh, Designing Women. I did two or three of those. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then also, I had always wanted to work on my art. I always liked to draw and so forth. So I went to art school. Oh. Just a day or two a week uh, over in uh, Brentwood, California. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went to Brentwood Art Center, and I studied art. And that's uh, how I got to be an artist. I always wanted to do it. I, I, before I ever got into acting, I wanted to be a, uh, an architect or a designer. Mm-hmm. I used to draw cars, and I used to draw everything. Huh. And uh, I kind of got sidetracked by the entertainment business. But anyway, I thought, well, this is perfect. I'll act, I'll direct, and I'll go to art school, and I can just, you know, a day a week. So it's not a, like really going to school. Yeah. And then I can paint. So I painted the oil on canvas. After I took the basic stuff, like drawing, I took a couple courses in drawing and then uh, on to painting, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. I had my first show. That was about 1987. I had a show at a gallery in La Jolla, California, which is right by San Diego. And uh, I sold all my art. All the pictures I had painted, and I had no prints. I didn't know about making copies and all that. Mm -hmm. So I sold all the art. And uh, my wife says to me, you know, your hobby just became a business. <laughs> and uh, she was right. I, I've been doing it ever since. And in fact, I painted this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. I paint almost every day I'm home. Huh. Well, I, 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 w- I went to your site, uh, and so everybody else knows, uh, DwayneHickman.com. They can go and they can see your paintings. And we're going to put a link on when uh, this episode goes up. We're going to put a link so everybody can just click on it and go directly oh, to your good, site. Good, because uh, some of that stuff I've done, well, I've been doing this now since 77, let's see, 87, 
about 20 some years, 25 years. Huh. I've yeah. been painting. And uh, like I said, I was painting this morning. And, and I do uh, almost every day I'm home and don't have something I have to go do, I, I paint. I like to paint in the mornings. I'm kind of a morning person. Uh, some people, I know a lot of artists that are nighttime people, and mm -hmm. God, I, I can't do it. I mean, <laughs> when the sun goes down, Hickman goes down. <laughs> <laughs> I look around for something to read or relax and look at TV or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to work. Huh. Now, now I, I was looking at your paintings, and they're beautiful paintings, i got to tell you. Thank you. You know, they're very nice. And, and I mean, I'm not into abstract and things like that. I like your style. Um, well, it's very traditional. Yeah, that's... that's and landscape, and, you know, like what I'm working on now is a village uh, sitting on the side of a, a mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a village in Italy that I took some pictures of a long time ago. And anyway, so... That's the kind of thing I like to do. Is that how Houses, you... Villages, uh, flowers, uh, wildflowers growing, and they're, they're, they're pretty yeah. and bright. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And know? do you do mostly from memory, or do you take well, pictures like both. you were saying? I mean, I, I do from the actual thing itself. Like, I'll see something, take a picture of it, or sketch it. And uh, sometimes I'll see a, an ad or a picture in a book, a magazine, mm -hmm. and do that. But sometimes I make special trips to places. One of my favorite places is Carmel, California. Monterey, oh, yes. Carmel. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. In fact, there. I'm looking over here at the wall. There's a picture I painted. Actually, I drew. It's a drawing of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Mm -hmm. I did that about, oh, God, 20 years ago. Wow. And uh, it's hanging here on the wall in my house. So the house is full of my stuff, yep. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, put it somewhere. <laughs> That's that I don't sell. You know? Yeah. Now, do you prefer oil uh, or do you well, use other medium? I've never painted watercolor. Oh, you haven't? Never. Yeah. No, I've only painted oil. No acrylics or anything like that? Yes, some acrylic. Yeah. But I like oil better. It's, it handles differently. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it has a slower uh, drying factor, so it's slower going on and you can control it better. Yeah. Uh, acrylic dries very quickly. Now, do you tend... I, I've done some painting, too, and so I have a little idea of what you oh, do. Oh, well, then you know. It's, well, to some degree. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not as good as you or anything, but um, but do you, uh, do you tend to paint... You know, some people I've seen in oils will paint... In one sitting, they will paint a complete picture. No. So you, no, you, you'll I, do a little in... methodical and very slow about it. The mm -hmm. picture I'm on now, I've been on for about, oh, two weeks, maybe. So things are drying up, and then you go, yes, you're continuing. Yes, I let them dry, and then I go back, and then I fix, you know, I paint little little doorknobs, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm uh, not at all a real traditional, and I'm very methodical with it. And it's just me. It's just the way I like to do it. Yeah. Now, I should probably loosen up a little bit and maybe go with more Impressionism. <laughs> but uh, I'm not really an Impressionist, although I would like to try sometime. Yeah, yeah. So who knows, you know. But basically, very traditional and uh, a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, well, I noticed on, um, and I don't remember exactly the name of it, I, I apologize, but uh, I think it was, it's at the Grits Mill? Uh, on, on your website, anyways, there's a picture of, uh, uh, it looks like an old mill, 
uh, stone. Oh, would it be the old stone bridge? Oh, yes, that's what it was, yes. Yes, that's one of the most popular things I've ever done. Really? Yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. And, and like you say, very detailed. Well, I painted that bridge about four or five times. Ah. I really did. Yeah. Uh, to get just the right shades of, of, of gray. Mm-hmm. It's Payne's gray, which is a blue gray. Ah. And Payne's gray and mixed in with other grays. and I don't know, I just fiddled with it a long time, and it turned out to be really one of the best things I probably ever did. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And, it, like, and it's... Uh, people like that particular picture. I was thinking this morning, and that's been years, uh, probably another really popular picture is a thing called a farmhouse. That's a, uh, uh, there's a motel, hotel, motel that Clint Eastwood owns in uh, Carmel. Mm-hmm. And Mission Ranch, it's called. Yeah. And this is one of the buildings on the Mission Ranch. And I, I did two or three other buildings from the same ranch, the same hotel. But none were as successful as the, the ranch house. Huh. The farmhouse, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, anyway, so it's a white two-story with a lot of flowers. And it's very pretty. Okay, I think I think I know which one you mean because, like I said, I was looking at all of them. And <laughs> uh, in, in fact, it's called the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. He named all the different buildings. Somebody did. I don't know if Eastwood did, but uh, they all have a, a name. And I don't know. It's just you know. And that's another thing. You never know where you're going with a painting. Some turn out great. Some turn out okay. Some. You know, there. If you think of really the great painters, the Vincent Van Gogh painters, you know, you think of maybe Starry Starry Night, that mm-hmm. one with the stars yep. in the sky, and maybe a couple others, and then that's it. You know, and this is one of the great painters of all time. Right. And uh, you know, probably painted hundreds of pictures, and that's kind of true of most of these guys, and it's true of the the art business. You know. It's hard to paint everything a, a great picture. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done it. You've tried, and, you know, the things turn out differently and go together better, and it's just sort of do your best and then move on. Yeah, know? yeah, you just keep keep trying. and. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, another question I had was, um, and this is jumping back to what we were talking about earlier, with Dobie Gillis, um, they had you doing uh some singing yes, yes. was I, that I, well that came out of when uh actually in cummings i sang too oh uh, okay one episode and, and what happened in those days was that everybody that had a series or was on tv all the time or whatever was approached to record like ricky nelson and yes, <laughs> yeah ricky, who was next door to nazi and harry were next door to the uh, uh coming show Anyway, of course, he was, see, he came from the music people. Harry Nelson was a singer with the band, and Ozzy was the band leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, he was, he was very good. But people got approached. Uh, Ed Burns, he sang Kooky Kooky Lend Me Your Call. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and everybody that was on Tab Hunter, Young Love. So all of us that were uh, making movies or TV, were approached to record, and I my first thing was called School Dance, and that was for ABC Paramount, and I was about 19, oh, 56 maybe, and uh, it, it didn't go very well. I mean, I, I did okay with it, but not great. And then I was approached again when I was doing Cummings, I mean, Dobie. I was approached again, 
and this time to do an LP for Capital. Uh, and uh, I, I did it, and I did it better. I was my singing was better, and the material was better, and all that. And it sold some, but not great, not enough to make me a singer. So, but that's how it happened. I I did it on the show uh, on on Dobie. I sang just I think in one episode mm -hmm. and holding a guitar and all that, you know. Yeah, but you ended up putting out an album, right? Yeah, uh, Capital put out the thing called Dobie. Yeah. Yeah, my and head on the cover, and you know, just big Doby, and I still sign them. I autograph them at shows and things where people come and bring them. Yeah. Uh, so they sold some, but it, like I say, it wasn't my thing, and it was a forced situation. And they were looking for another Ricky. Ricky was a big hit. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, everybody was trying to find the next Ricky or the next Elvis Presley. Yeah. And not everybody can just do that. And mostly, if you're an actor, you can't do it. You know, you got to be a singer to start with. Right, yeah. I yeah. mean, for example, someone like an Elvis Presley was never an actor. He was always a singer. He started as a singer, and the acting came secondary, mm -hmm. even though he made a lot of movies. Yeah. He was basically a singer, and that, that really is the case, still the case. But it was just that it became a trend. Everybody that was on TV... Suddenly, it was recording. Right, yeah. <laughs> and most of us didn't do very well. But you actually went on American Bandstand, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I sang the song. Yeah, that was part of the deal. They'd get all these people to go on as guests. Mm -hmm. I was uh, also on, there was a show that uh, he had, uh, American Bandstand, on Saturday night. Which one? Hollabaloo? Uh, or? Now, who was the host of American Bandstand? Oh, Dick Clark. Dick Clark. Yeah. Well, it was the Dick Clark show on Saturday night. So I did that, too. So I was not only on the one in the afternoon. Ah, yeah. Uh, out of Philly, I think it was. And then I was in New York, and I appeared on the uh, nighttime, Saturday night, uh, Dick Clark show. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I met uh, all kinds of artistic people, you know, all kinds of. Blueberry Hill guy, what's his name? Uh, Fast, Fast Domino. Fast Domino, yeah. Mm -hmm. I met him backstage. It was fun. Jeez. Huh, um, and you've worked with other people. I mean, you, you know, you've worked with uh, John Wayne, right? Oh, yeah. Frank Sinatra? Yeah, I did a picture called uh, uh, Tall in the Saddle, I think it was. Yes, Tall in the Saddle, that's right. Yeah. Tall in the Saddle, and I had a small little part... And he was uh, he was a charming guy. He was a nice guy, hmm. but kind of to himself. Great big man. Yeah. Gosh, about six five. Wow. And uh, I had to change my clothes uh, for the next scene. I, did, of course, didn't have a dressing room. I just had a small little part. My mother said, "Go in there and change." I said, "Well, I can't go in there. That's John Wayne's dressing room." <laughs> she said, "Well, if you just go in and quick change and come out, he won't even know." Well, sure enough, I go into his dressing room and he comes along and sticks his head in the door and looks at me. Jeez. Mm, <laughs> and I said, I, I'm sorry, I was just changing my clothes. He said, that's okay, go ahead and do it. And uh, then later I went up to him and I said, Mr. Wayne, I'm sorry for going into your dressing room, but my mother told me to. And he said, well, that's okay, kid. It won't be the last time you'll do something a woman will want you to do <laughs> that you don't want to do either. <laughs> so he, he was very pleasant, very nice man. Huh. Now, you also wrote um, a book. Yes, Joan, my wife Joan, and I wrote that together. Actually, she wrote it. What happened was 
uh, I let her like interview me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then she'd write like several pages or a chapter, and then I'd go over it with her and we'd correct it and fix it and edit it. So we kind of wrote it together, but she's a better writer than I am. So she actually sat down with the material, like, like based on our conversation, say, take, well, John Wayne and your early career in, in movies. Yeah. And then we'd talk about all the kind of stuff we've talked about today, and then she'd make notes, and then she'd write it. And then I'd go through and I'd say, well, it really happened that way, or it didn't, and I think it would be better if we said this instead of that and so forth. Anyway, it turned out to be a very good book and was very popular. It sold very well. Huh. Well, yeah. um, one last question. Um, what is your favorite movies? My favorite movie of, that I was in? No, of all time. Just, just well, movies. Well, I think my favorite movie is something maybe you're not familiar with, but a thing called, a black and white movie called The Third Man. I think it's one, uh, it's like a Gone with the Wind movie. Huh. It's, it's one of the hundred most famous and best movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starred Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton, and Valley. Uh, Alita Valley was an actress at the time. Very different black and white post-war film that was really uh, artistic. I mean, really good. I mean, if you ever get a chance to see it. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to check that out. Man. Well, Dwayne, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, this listen, is my, my pleasure, Brian. This I enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you later. Dwayne was such a nice guest, nice guy, and such great stories. Love that show, Dobie Gillis, if you get a chance to check it out sometime. And uh, let's see, I want to remind you also to uh, subscribe to On Screen and Beyond on iTunes. If you have an iTunes account, uh, just go and you can subscribe to our iTunes uh, submission that we have up there. And uh, you can do it right on our page. We have a subscribe button there, and you can uh, get the episode as soon as it comes out. It'll go right to your computer. don't have to do anything for it. It's free. You can do that. And, of course, you can always get it at onscreenandbeyond.com also. Uh, but uh, the iTunes one has... Uh, pictures that come up uh, if you're watching on your computer listening to on your computer or uh, whatever or your ipod itouch whatever and you can see pictures so uh, it's a different format and uh, so check that out if you get a chance but just subscribe to it and get, you'll get it right off anyways uh let's see don't forget about our contest that's going on you can win yourself a couple of dvds uh, let me see i'm right here let's see the action one has uh, uh the exiled and dynamite warrior and the other one, the horror feature, has Pulse and Sick Nurses. So uh, that's a double feature. And it's all from Magnolia Home Entertainment. We thank them for joining up with us on that one. And it ends on May 4th, 2010. So you might want to uh, hurry up and send us a request. That's all it is, just a request. You don't have to do anything. It's just a request. Send it to us at contest at onscreenandbeyond.com. Get your name in there. We're going to have a drawing, and we're going to get a winner. So that's all you got to do. You, you, one, one person will win the horror double feature, and another one will win the action double feature. So that's all you got to do. Send in. So simple as that. All right, till next week uh, when we have another great guest coming your way. This is Brian. Take care.